0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm spotter and chaser, Phil Johnson.
1: Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you're listening for the first time tonight, because we're always getting some new listeners, uh, thanks for coming out. You've got to visit stormfrontfreaks.com, and you can uh, access our library of previous shows with some great weather guests in the past, uh, including Storm Chasers Skip Talbot and Greg Johnson, uh, just to name a few. Uh, but tonight, this is episode 85, and we have returning to the show Extreme Meteorologist Reed Timmer is with us tonight. So uh, we're excited to have Reed on board. Whoa. We'll also uh, we'll be playing our game show Lightning Round, and we'll be visiting some more hashtag Weatherfools. Later on, But before we get to all of that, we got to find out who's here tonight with our co-hosts. It's always happy hour when we record. We invite you to join us. That's the fun part of this show a lot of times. And as we've learned a few episodes back, if you're listening to us on your phone and you can slow this part down to half speed, it's really entertaining.
0: Uh,
1: it is really true. is. This but is uh, let's see who's here. MJ is here. MJ, what,
0: uh, what are you drinking tonight? Oops, sorry. I am I have a Captain and Coke, and I'm trying to pay attention to the new format.
2: So. Maybe too much. How many, I
0: know. Yeah, I know. It might be one too many. We'll see. Did, did you put yourself
3: Coke? in the green room?
0: He did. I did.
1: So we're using a new video format. Google Hangouts just told everybody a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago that they're going to stop doing Google Hangouts in a couple weeks. Uh, so we're trying out StreamYard is uh, the video platform we're using, which uh, so far, so good but we're learning it. So bear with us if you happen to be watching us, especially tonight. Uh, but Maz, what are you drinking?
3: I got the, uh, Great Lakes, uh, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter.
1: Very yes. good stuff. Good. Nice. nice and strong. I like it. Reed, well Reed would like that. Yeah. Great Lakes. Cause I think that's brewed in Michigan. Correct? Yeah. yeah. Let's go here. Here you go. Reed, have I'll a little of that there. right okay. there. Uh, Jen, Jen Watson, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Jen? <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a hardcore triple uh, X vitamin water. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I haven't even had a chance. No, my computer was going crazy. I didn't have a chance to make myself a drink. If I were drinking yeah. right now, I think, well, I've got tequila over there. Um, I, I think well, we're Scott? all
1: waiting for new news or something <laughs> uh, with... What you've been bringing to the bar lately? I know, but Kim, uh, Kim, what are you yes. drinking tonight?
5: Well, you'll be surprised. I am drinking an IPA, so I'm back to the <laughs> IPAs. Uh, this is the Stone Tangerine Express. I always keep the citrusy ones on is that hand. Empty? It is empty because yeah. it's <laughs> in here.
1: Oh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> in
5: here. So, yeah, it's. In- <laughs> but I'm telling you, in the summer, these things are so delicious. So this is um, from Stone Brewery, and enjoying a citrusy IPA right now.
1: Very nice. All right, and nice. and uh, we tell our guests uh, we don't have a real green room because if we did, it'd be fully stocked. Uh, so, but we don't. But we tell them, hey, uh, send us a bill, but what, bring something to the to the bar tonight. So, Reed, what are, what are you drinking, sir?
6: I have an IPA also, and this is a hazy little thing IPA. You can see the forecast is haze in here, and uh, this is Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. Nice,
1: smart, smart, very good. Well, well, we'll. Uh, that's that's. It's. Uh, we should figure something else out because that's never really a good introduction of our guests. So, Kim, I'm going to turn it over to mm-hmm. you to okay. give. Uh, Read Absolutely. a real introduction, at least as good as we can do here at Stormfront right, Fruits.
5: I'd be more than happy to do this. All right, Mr. Reed, Timmer has chased more than 1,000 tornadoes and hurricanes, becoming one of the world's leading experts on severe weather forecasting, research. And safety. That's important too. Are right, you completed a PhD in meteorology at the University of Oklahoma in 2015 after starring on Discovery Channel's hit TV series, Storm Chasers? Now, presently, Reed provides live coverage from severe weather across the world as, he, as the lead storm chaser for AccuWeather since April of 2015. For Reed, though, the ultimate goal is to better understand the complex dynamics behind tornadoes and other extreme storms so safer and stronger structures can be designed. And, you know, Reed, so so much excitement this year for you. Um, I know back in May, um, a, a significant goal was reached for you guys with Dominator 3. I think our audience would love to hear about what happened with that EF4 tornado in Lawrence, Kansas.
6: Well, yeah, it was on May 28th this past year, just to the south of Lawrence, Kansas. It was to the southwest of Linwood, uh, Kansas there. And it was an interesting setup because there were two different target areas. There was one target uh, near a triple point in north central Kansas, and that area ended up producing as well. Uh, there was a, a pretty stout tornado near Waldo, Kansas on that one. And we were playing a little bit further to the east where the storm modes were likely going to be a bit more a high precipitation or HP. And one of those supercells developed in a very strongly sheared environment near an outflow bomb to the southwest of kansas city and this year we were launching rockets into the tornadoes basically model rockets we built a, a model rocket launcher array on the top of dominator 3 uh, curtis brooks uh, built that that has an aimable joystick so we can have pan and tilt capability as well uh, and aim right at the tornado but the issue with the rockets is you have to be a couple hundred yards away from the tornado and also very close to the inflow notch of that tornado as well. And uh, this storm being high precipitation, it was a little bit more challenging uh, to find that inflow notch. And it was also a very large, large uh, tornado, uh, increasing in size up to over a mile wide uh, at times. And uh, over the years, uh, we've been trying to launch sensors into tornadoes, but we've always lost them. And we just haven't quite reached the technology to track those down. Uh, But then this year, meeting Mark Simpson, who is Chase and Spin, On Twitter, out of Alberta, he designed trackable sensors that actually live stream the data back to a ground receiver station uh, so they can go up to a range of nearly 15 kilometers away and still stream that data at a rate of about one time a second. And that certainly solved the problem of losing those sensors because all the ones that we launched in the past into the tornado would be carried for tens of miles and we'd never, never see them again. And then it seemed like the last three or four years I was just throwing rocks into the tornadoes pretty much to practice deploying, <laughs> deploying hardware. And then, Whatever uh, works. yeah. F- and then finally, uh, we met Mark out of Alberta and, uh, he's just uh, incredible, he can design microscopic sensors as well for mm-hmm. other projects and, uh, really designing trackable sensors to launch into a tornado was a, a relatively easy project for him.
1: So what you did get you your- find? What, yeah. what, what was the kind of data you
6: got out of that read? So we, we were finally able to launch uh, the whole entire season during the month of May. We kept missing all the tornadoes. I missed the one in Canadian Texas as well because we uh, stayed on that storm up into the Oklahoma panhandle a little bit too long. If I would have taken a ba- bathroom break in Booker, Texas, we would have seen the Canadian Texas tornado, and <laughs> that's kind of how it always works. It always comes, always comes down to the bathroom break in the end. But, uh, but then uh, finally, one of the last chases was May 28, and we had two rockets to launch uh, with with sensors in there. And I thought we were going to fail completely. And it was going to be a long off season with, with no deployment. Uh, but thankfully, we were just to the northeast of that strong tornado. And uh, it's kind of challenging because you have to pop out of the roof of the Dominator and set up the rockets and then connect these little alligator clips onto uh, small wires. And the tornado was so close and I was so fired up that uh, every second that went by seemed like 30 seconds, and I couldn't get the alligator clip on there, it seemed like, and then I just guessed and put the two on there. I hope that I had red on red and black on black. <laughs> <and then laughs> the down. green. Like a dream <laughs> when you can't. Uh, I just this can't. is like yeah.
4: real-life <laughs> Twister. It's so real-life Twister. It's
3: now, amazing. Did you, did you have to throw at this one, or did you actually launch it?
6: We actually launched it, so I dropped into the Dominator, <laughs> and all the lights popped on, which... It was like Christmas when they popped on because I meant that the uh, alligator clips were correct. And then I hit the big red button and uh, I saw it. I could see it through the Lexan roof go into the tornado, directly oh, into the notch. Wow. You could see this little stream of uh, from the rocket engine and uh, oh, just uh, ext- extreme excitement, I guess. Because we, we have been working for launching those things into the tornado for a long time and uh, definitely had, uh, had a bit of a, a, a tantrum when I saw it go into the tornado, oh, I a positive I- one.
4: <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. So Reed, I've known you for, what, nine years, I think, since 2010, when I was back in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. And I know you were working with a company there that was helping design um, things. Now, are you still working with the same company? Or is it is it a different one?
6: This is a different company. So that, that's right. We met doing a, the exact same project about 10 years ago, with sensors that, that didn't quite work. So we kept losing the sensors and the ones that we found didn't store data, which was always pr- pretty frustrating. But now we uh, met Mark Simpson out of Alberta, just a one man uh, operation up there uh, and he can build the sensors uh, w- with his bare hands and they stream live data and they work. And uh, one thing I've learned over the years is that any field project is only as effective as, as the sensors. So if your sensors don't work, you might as well be throwing rocks into the tornado. And uh, the mm-hmm. fact that it, it streams data live also solves the problem uh, from losing the sensor. And when we launched it, Mark was getting live data at a rate of one time a second and uh, saw the, uh, the, the sensor go all the way up to 39,000 feet before he lost communication with it. And we had data at a rate of one time a second, but to get to 10 times per second data, we actually have to recover the sensor directly. And we thought we lost it. But uh, the next day we put out a post on social media and uh, uh, two people out of uh, Leavenworth, uh, Matthew DuBois, uh, and uh, and uh, they found it uh, in front of a church there in uh, northeastern Kansas, <laughs> in Leavenworth, and it was just a yellow rocket just sitting there. They happened, no. to, they drove by it the day before and remembered it, and after work went back and and recovered it. So I flew out there and uh, and was able to recover the sensor.
4: So would you deploy any of these for this year's hurricane season?
6: Yeah, we definitely are planning to deploy it for hurricane season and maybe a typhoon as well. And uh, like just before the eyewall comes in, we hope to launch a rocket and then uh, capture the, the, the whole evolution of the, of, of the hurricane eye wall. And these sensors are designed to be purely Lagrangian, which means that they move along with the flow uh, as closely as possible. That was the goal of, the, of these sensors. So the rocket goes up to about 800 feet and then the parachute deploys. And then the wind cranking all around the tornado does all the work from that point on. So once the parachute deployed at 800 feet, then the updraft and the rotational winds took over and the uh, probe went around the tornado about two revolutions reaching a speed of nearly 190 Mm. miles an hour. So we were able Mm. to assess the strength of the winds in the tornado in real time as the speed of the uh, sensor was getting streamed live to to our location. And it it seemed to do two revolutions up to about 10 or 11,000 feet. And then it started to smooth out. And then it looks like basically Uh, almost smooth vacuum cleaner up above 10,000 feet. So there was rotational winds up to 10,000. And then it was hovering above the tornado, above Linwood. And we could certainly see gravity wave features too. So up at higher elevation where you have lower pressure, the amplitude of those waves are a lot larger. And we were able to measure all kinds of gravity waves above uh, Linwood, while some of that, uh, some of the worst damage, sadly, was, was being caused.
1: So, what? What? Explain what a gravity wave is, and and tell us how you were able to measure that.
6: Well, a, a gravity wave, very generally, is that. Uh, imagine if you throw a rock into a pond, you get waves that emanate out along the interface of the water and the air, because the water is so much more dense than the air above it. And uh, in the case of the atmosphere, you have all kinds of surfaces, density surfaces in the atmosphere too, that waves can propagate along. And uh, some of those disturbances could be a supercell storm, or uh, even a larger trough of uh, of low pressure, or strong westerly winds over a mountain range can generate waves downstream, even downslope mountain windstorms, and even tornadoes interacting with the friction of the earth can have waves radiate up and down the tornado, it appears, and along those density surfaces. So. Uh, basically inspired by those pressure and gravity waves that we measured up above the tornado, Mark has designed a, a mobile gravity wave sensor that we can put on top of the vehicles and also deploy around the tornado in an in array-like in a uh, for, formation. So we have a couple different projects. The one is the, the rockets with so the Lagrangian sensors and then also the, the gravity wave probes.
3: So the mobile gravity wave sensor, is this something I can get on an app on my phone?
6: <laughs> Eventually, I bet. Yeah. So, so,
3: so what is it actually measuring then?
6: So it, it measures the, 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 fr- the basically pressure waves between a certain frequency range uh, that we've read from, from journal articles that tornadoes have a tendency to emit. So we're looking for certain frequencies and it measures the pressure oscillations, pr- pressure perturbations are, are a way to detect those gravity waves and also gust fronts. Uh, it's definitely a relatively new direction for us in terms of the gravity wave. So we're not really sure what we're going to see around these tornadoes, but we certainly wish that we had it when we launched the rocket into, and, the, into the Linwood tornado. And you're
1: thinking a vehicle-based sensor at that level is is enough?
6: Mark already has a, a vehicle-based sensor, and he's, he's testing it around supercells up in Alberta already and has collected some data up there. Uh, one issue is that it records the best data when stationary. So if it is a, a vehicle based sensor, then it's best to be stationary. But we need a lot of them as well, because then we can track the propagation of the waves and eventually triangulate their their source, and uh, and, and do all kinds of things with the gravity waves And maybe eventually detect if there are tornadoes, if they start emitting uh, of frequencies in, the, in, in a certain range.
3: So, So you're thinking that the tornadoes can emit to create gravity waves, but also gravity waves can help create tornadoes?
6: I think it's probably more of a tornado creating gravity waves, but there's all, okay. it also goes both ways because there's some, uh, sometimes gravity waves play a role in thunderstorm initiation too. Okay. I know there have been some papers on gravity waves mm-hmm. with uh, or, uh, dry lines and having gravity waves propagate in the well mixed environment to the west of it and enhancing the convergence along dry lines and initiating storms. And then the storms start producing gravity waves themselves. So they're just, <laughs> wow. they're just b- bouncing around all over the place out there. Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. Wow. So Reed, what do wow. you, do, or, what do you do with your data? Do you share it with any other agency or is this something you guys just collect the data, you write a paper on it, or mm. is it, you know, do you share it with the national weather service? What do you do with your data? Well,
6: we post it to, on, on social media so everybody can see and comment on it and discuss the results and, Maybe there are some experts and scientists out there that might see something and, and help us along. And we've uh, also sent some emails to Dr. Orf and uh, Kelton Halbert up in the uh, University of Wisconsin to compare them to uh, their simulations. And I'm trying to write the paper now, but I can only write like one sentence a day. It seems like <laughs> I've, been, I've been driving so much, I forgot how to write So I, I'm just keep <laughs> nonstop.
1: Uh-huh. The, the
3: <laughs> data is only <$19. laughs> 1995.
6: is that
5: <laughs> it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Credit cards accepted. That's right. So, hey, Reed, I've, I've got a uh, viewer question here. We throw it up there from Christine. Um, how do you feel when an idea goes successful? And she says, like, this shooting rockets inside a tornado could be from a Hollywood movie. How does that, uh, that make you feel? And I, what were you feeling when that happened?
6: Well, I'm most familiar with the feeling uh, when things go wrong. Oh, <laughs> like we've launched rockets that have come back at us before. I and mean, We've had to hide in the vehicle and Yikes. almost hit homes. And, uh, but yeah, and uh, we've, we've gone through a lot of trial and error over the years and uh, vehicle breakdowns and uh, getting stuck, you know, spending the night in the vehicle and, uh, and, and mud fields and uh, just a, a lot of trial and error. But when it finally does go, you start to think that you're way, way, you know, you might even be wasting your time after you fail so many times for so many years, even a few decades But then when it finally does work uh, it makes it that much more more special i think when it doesn't work for a while but that's science also anytime you're doing something new Mm -hmm. it involves trial and error and especially new technologies too and you're you're depending on a big group of people working perfectly together and being in the perfect spot right next to a tornado and there's also a little bit of danger involved i think uh, sometimes more due to the driving uh, than anything and now that we're dealing with combustion with the rockets you never know what could happen with that but (laughs) <laughs> we, are, we, are, we definitely cover all our bases in terms of safety, and Mark and Curtis are, are very safety aware, a lot more than, than I am too, which is good, so uh, they're, they're always making sure. But when it works out, there is no, no feeling like it. I mean, just seeing a tornado and videotaping it was starting to feel almost a little bit empty, but... When you actually launch a projectile into a tornado, it just uh, it takes it to a whole new level. And yeah, wow. it's, it's also a model rocket, too. It's is something that I launched when I was little. Yeah, for sure. I used to so, hit neighbors' houses with them and in trouble.
3: <laughs> so are you guys building these? Or are you sending away to, like, Acme Rockets from Bugs Bunny? I mean, how are, what are you getting
6: here? <laughs> yeah, we, well, uh, Curtis Brooks up in Canada, who uh, lives uh, in the same town as Sean Chofer, who drives the Dominator 3, He's the one that built the whole rocket launcher, and he goes around and finds scrap piles and just finds parts that he needs, pieces them together, and they work perfectly like a, a, a rocket launcher. So he's just really talented with that kind of thing, and he also builds the rockets, custom makes the nose cones to uh, fit the sensors in there, and, uh, and uh, Sean with Dominator 3 as well drives it, keeps it between the mustard and the mayonnaise, so everybody, everybody working together.
5: Did you name the rockets?
6: We did. We named one Joel Taylor. Uh, the long, skinny one was named Joel Taylor, uh, after the late Joel, and uh, oh, I love that. and then one of them was Bill Paxson too. Oh, That's,
5: <laughs> awesome. that's awesome. We haven't oh. launched
6: Joel yet, so we're going to save Joel for for an F five. So, so that
1: was Bill that went into Linwood, huh?
6: That was the yeah. That was Bill, yeah. Was because Bill. we weren't I'm sure it was going to work. We we thought it might get launched into the ground, and I uh, it came through, old faithful.
1: <laughs> oh. That's good. So hey, what? What's the weather app you tend to go to in the morning when you're going to decide when you walk out the door are you going to wear some clothes today or are you going to wear the air? Because lately it's probably been the air, but I'm telling you you got to check out an app called Atmosphere Weather. I love this thing. This is my go-to app. There's so much information you can find on one screen. It's basically all in one dial and it's it shows all 24 hours. So it's got like 12 a.m. in the day starts at the bottom, at the top is 12 p.m. And it shows you each hour, it gives you the temp, cloud cover, precipitation, and chance, sunrise, sunset. And then in the middle of the dial, there is a radar. So you can actually see radar of your location. Uh, Also on the same screen, it's got the moon phase. And a simple swipe of your finger can show you the hourly wind speed, direction, direction and humidity forecast all on the same dial. So it's just amazing what you can find on one screen with Atmosphere Weather. You can get a free version that shows the forecast for the next three days. Paid version will show you uh, the next seven days. You can even search baseball teams uh, for their forecast. And then from there, you can see if it looks clear. You can actually buy tickets to the baseball game right from the app. So you got to give it a free spin. Search Atmosphere Weather. Uh, it's either in your iOS, uh, if you got iPhone, or your Android app store. Or you can also visit AtmosphereWeather.com and learn more. We're going to go ahead and take a, a quick break. Go ahead refill your drink. I'm going to refill mine. Uh, Kim, you're probably going to have to refill yours as well. Uh, and, and go ahead and check out our exclusive tracker chat with the Tornado Trackers. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll be right back with Reed.
7: Hey everyone, welcome to Tracker Chat. This is the weather podcast within the weather podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Gabe Cox. I'm joined with Jeff Mangum. Uh, Jeremy Heyman is out this week, so Jeff and I are going to tackle the subject this week. We're going to talk about our favorite video and photo editing software and apps. Um, There's a lot out there. It can be really overwhelming when you're first getting into it. but we've kind of, um, covered the ground between professional and free apps. Um, so Jeff, why don't you start us off? You do a lot of photography. So what kind of photo editing apps or software do you prefer?
2: Yeah. Um, I I think there is, there's obviously a, a great variety of different apps and software. Um, Predominantly, what I, what I utilize is my phone. So I have an iPhone XR, uh, but I don't have a laptop right now that is <laughs> nearly as powerful as my phone. <laughs> so I do a majority of my editing um, strictly on my phone. And so um, there's, there's some different apps I've used over the last four or five years. Uh, some cost and some are free. Um, I would say the one I use the most is Lightroom. Uh, Lightroom has a really robust um, app uh, for the iPhone and it does sync up to your laptop or your computer, whatever you're trying to sync up to. It has that ability. Um, I do spend about $20 a month for use of the Adobe Creative Cloud. And so um, there is a cost to that. So um, I use Lightroom more than anything else. Um, There is another app called Visco. It's VSCO. It's another really... A uh, strong app. There's a free version and a paid version, and just gives you a ton of different options. Um, I would say if you're looking for something strictly that's free, the best option in in my viewpoint is something called Snapseed. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really good app. Um, in fact, it's what I used all the way up until I got uh, into Lightroom, and I still utilize it from time to time. So um, if you're looking for something from specifically your phone, uh, Snapseed is absolutely, uh, robust and it is really good. And especially for being free, you really can't beat it.
7: Awesome. Yeah. I use, um, Snapseed pretty much most of the time. Um, I just recently got the Lightroom app, um, but default to Snapseed it's, it's just good and crazy yeah. that it's a free app cause there's so much yeah. to it. So I'm going to talk about, uh, the video side of things. So My real full-time job is a filmmaker, um, and I'm a film editor most of the time. I have used Adobe Premiere for the past, oh gosh, well, ever since Final Cut completely changed their platform. Um, So I've been using Premiere for a while, and I absolutely love it. It's a really clean-looking platform, editing platform. It's got really powerful color grading options. That's the kind of stuff that gets a little more complicated, which I don't. I think most storm chasers wouldn't need to or wouldn't care to get that deep into color grading or color correction. But like the Lightroom app and Lightroom, you need a Creative Cloud account. You know, if you have a Mac and it comes with iMovie, which is free, yeah. that's good enough for editing uh, clips together. I, most people really aren't going to do much more than that and you know it'd be a waste of money to spend that much on premiere and then you're just really just cutting clips and putting them together there's tons of free stuff that you can do that with um and i think jeff you have an app that is really powerful that i believe you said was free where you can edit your video
2: yeah it, and, and again uh, my i've i've just not really invested into a laptop in last year that is worth anything <laughs> it seems so Um, I probably need to change that philosophy soon, but I have, uh, there's an app called video shop. And again, there's a, there's a free version of that. And then there's a monthly, uh, version of that. And it's fantastic. It, um, I believe it's the, the $3 and 99 cents per month or something like that version that allows you to utilize 4k. So if you are putting together 4k videos, you can do that on your phone through video shop. Um, so that's hands down my favorite uh, that I use. And I do, I've used a lot of videos. i put those together through video shop.
7: Awesome. Well, this has been Tracker Chat and we have been the Tornado Trackers. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, feel free to check out our website, www.tornadotrackers.org. We recently updated our store on there. So now there are tons of shirt options. We have mugs, we have stickers. So feel free to poke around and see if there's anything you guys like. And thanks again to the Stormfront Freaks for hosting us and allowing us to spend some time on their airwaves. We are the Tornado Trackers and we will catch you guys next time.
0: Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. All right. Hey, welcome back everybody. We are with Extreme
1: Chaser. Reed Timmer is with us. Uh, Reed, I, I've got a question. So we just got done talking about your rockets, your rocket sensors, and that work that you're doing there. How, uh, wh- what's that relationship with AccuWeather? So are, are you employed? Are you a contractor? And what's the agreement between when you are uh, independent, Reed Timmer, and when you are Reed Timmer AccuWeather meteorologist? How does that work out?
6: Well, I, I am. I'm an employee. Uh, we got, I definitely needed some health insurance, and uh, I just started <laughs> using it yesterday for the first time. I actually haven't had a, a full physical in 20 years, but I'm hoping what? to to do that here pretty <laughs> soon. Uh, well, but
1: thank God you're still with us.
6: Yeah. yeah, I lucked out. It was definitely right. It's not not a smart thing to do, but I'm still here, perpendicular to the ground. <laughs> so, and uh, but I think that uh, yeah. What was the question so you, again? Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> so How are you, you do feeling? Do you have to take vacation time when you do
1: these independent chase oh, projects? Yeah. Oh, the question or, was, or yeah.
6: so with AccuWeather, I am a full-time employee at AccuWeather, and I do a lot of stand-up lives uh, for them, a lot of reporting as well. Uh, the launching the rockets into the tornado was a, a little bit on the side, more of an independent thing. Uh, but they definitely helped out to support uh, and make all that happen, and I was out there storm chasing, and they were – uh, supporting the storm chasing as well. But you have the Dominator 3 coming down and you have this big circus of people that has to come together to do a lot of these uh, side projects. We also had a drone team uh, that was out with us for a while. And uh, I have, it, I have it, it, issues focusing on, on one thing, as you can see. So I kind of have to spread out on these side projects a little bit, like with rockets and, uh, and some other things. But I mainly do a lot of reporting for AccuWeather. So I do the stand-up uh, lives in the morning. Uh, and, and some stand-up lives in the afternoon. So you mentioned,
1: to- you, you mentioned, I'm going to qu- quick ask this, so you mentioned circus. So I was out chasing uh, Memorial Weekend here in May as well, and uh, I was on the Linwood Lawrence Tornado, but oh, I wow. drove. I drove by you, I think it was the Sunday, so it would have been the 26th, and I think it was in Kansas, western Kansas, and I was, I, I had been sitting in a Walmart waiting for storm initiation and, and uh, I saw some things and, and models. So I started kind of taking off out of town. I can't remember what town it was. And I drove by and you were in some, the Dominator, you and the Dominator were in some uh, convenience store parking lot. And it was a freaking really. circus. And I'm like, you know, I'd love to stop and just say hi to you, but dude, I am not going to get involved in that. I'm going to keep going. There were people with cameras and pictures, and I'm sure you were smiling and kissing babies the whole time. But uh, that was I try
6: to, because yeah, God help you. Yeah, and, uh, but I actually drive a Subaru as my regular vehicle, so my goal with that was to get the most normal-looking vehicle possible. <laughs> but I've already blown windows out of it. All every little panel on the outside has been blown out because I took that down to Hurricane Michael. Gizmo and I wrote out Michael. I think we talked about that last time. No, that was two years ago. But we wrote, as long as you keep the Subaru pointed into the wind, they can handle some big time wind gusts though, I I noticed. And I I was able to leave the sunroof open because the wind was so intense. It was going up and over the top and I could just kind of stick my phone out the (laughs) sunroof. And Gizmo didn't like the hurricane though. I don't think I'm going to bring her again to another hurricane because I don't know if she could sense the gravity waves or just the low roar of the wind or something, but she, she wasn't a big fan of the of the eye wall.
4: So are people swarming you to do another reality show, Reed? Have people come to you, networks?
6: Well, I wouldn't say swarming, that's for sure. I think uh, <laughs> I'll probably be pushing carts at Kmart here pretty soon uh, after November. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hear
5: yeah. you've been hobnobbing with Jay Leno. Is that right?
6: Yeah, we did. We tested yeah. the, the Dominator 3 behind a uh, uh, 7, 747, or, or this one was behind a, uh, just a fighter jet, and, uh, and he actually drove the Dominator 3. What? So he drove oh, it into awesome. position, deployed the hydraulics, and we were getting hit by debris and everything, and it, it, it airs on on August 28th. But he's the nicest oh, guy. He awesome. was just cracking jokes the whole entire time, talking oh, to everybody, hair. and... Yeah, he's he's awesome. You yeah, what was the jet weather.
1: doing? What what
6: was the purpose <laughs> of the jet? That was to create the wind. So I was trying to create like as close to a three hundred mile an hour wind as possible. Were they
1: throwing cardboard boxes in the jet stream or what? Pumpkins,
6: what yeah. <laughs> oh pumpkins my God. Dropping all kinds <laughs> no. of stuff. Yeah, you name it. there. Yeah, it was it was nasty. We had to have the windshield wipers going, and like, there were pumpkins flying everywhere. Turkeys too. They had uh, <laughs> had turkeys. So I already like raw turkeys, that, not living turkeys, but like the <laughs> butterball turkeys. Was there. Did you have, <laughs> Nesman, yeah. you have to go to
5: California? Did you have to go to California or did they come to you? Yeah.
6: Yeah. I went, went to California and I got to see the poppy reserve too, which was fun. So the super bloom was out there and uh, the, the poppy reserve was right next to the airport. So I was able to head over there and then see all these beautiful flowers as far oh, as
2: yeah.
6: I'm a big fan of wildflowers. Oh so. yeah.
4: Me oh, too. That yeah. Me was too. fun. So what does the future hold, Reed? Like in five years, what do you hope to accomplish?
6: Well, I think with the uh, with the sensors and the weather stations and and working with Mark and the popularity of storm chasing, we'd like to turn every single chaser within the herd of chasers that's out there during peak season into a data point. So if we could mm-hmm. put one of those weather stations on every vehicle and have sensors on every vehicle, then it would be a like a mobile mesonet that tightens naturally around the tornado and also have live streaming video on there. Uh, maybe some model forecasts, and uh, basically kind of doing what we did with TVN, except instead of video being the streaming of scientific data, real-time data as the focus. Because I think whereas everyone was trying to get videos before as storm chasers, I think the future is everyone's going to try to get that elusive data set down the road, maybe. And so I I think we'll see a big coming together of the storm chaser community to help in science and uh, and other things, and also continuing the the warning for the advancing uh, advancing advance the warning process and calling in those reports and uh but yeah hopefully i'm still storm chasing five years 50 years from now
5: <laughs> no, i'm sure you 80, will be
6: 89
4: <laughs> so how how is it storm chasing like i remember my first storm chase back in 2007 it was congested it was crazy and i mean i mean there were like you know road jams and like traffic jams and everything like that with storm chasers themselves like how is it now i haven't been in a couple years
6: well it's pretty it's pretty crowded there especially during may but i feel like july is the new may so if you chase maybe in eastern wyoming or the dakotas in july then there's hardly a vehicle out there and the storms are more beautiful you have probably a higher chance of seeing a tornado and there's always other areas to chase it's just may i think is kind of the trendy time to take the storm chasing vacation now. And, but I, I think, I think July, maybe there, there could be better chasing, but I it definitely reached its peak in 2009 and 10 from our perspective, because we were driving the dominator and we had spotter network on and, There'd be a hundred vehicles behind with like mini coopers with people carrying their chihuahua behind us. and <laughs> We'd try to turn around and then every vehicle would pull in to turn around. So <laughs> but then now, now it's a, it seemed like it went down a little bit and maybe the economics of storm chasing were catching up and uh, people were trying to live, live real lives and maybe not make the sacrifices as much and maybe try to minimize the divorce rate. <laughs> and then, uh, and then now it, it seems to be coming back again this year with pure chaos in the in, in the plains. And but you just have to adjust. It's just a new variable, so you have to give yourself a little bit more time. Uh, you have to stay ahead of the traffic jam, or your chase is pretty much over. Yeah. And when we're trying to get in the notch of the storm all the time, it can be a little difficult. But I always try to stay directly underneath the tornado anyway, and because uh, that's a familiar vantage point i can identify the features a little bit better that way when i'm looking straight up at There's it fewer than.
1: fewer people under there too
6: okay. <laughs> Yeah, is that
3: why you want your data set people to get closer and closer well I, I think
6: that it, if it, uh, you'd want your the resolution of the data set to increase around the uh, dominant storms and so that's the beauty of the storm chaser network is no one can sniff out a dominator storm or a dominant storm better than like the collective minds of the storm chasers cuz you you see them on spotter network just swarm around all the big storms yeah mm-hmm. almost like crowdsourcing the targeting <laughs> of it
3: do you choose your top 100 friends or enemies then for that if you want them to get close to the tornado
6: <laughs> oh <laughs> i i try to i only yeah my only friend these days well, i, I that's why I just stormed
1: Chase with Gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, te- so tell us about Gizmo. How's Gizmo yeah. been doing? We've been uh, yeah. noticing on social media that she's. You want me to grab her really quick? Some health
2: issues. Ah, yeah. Sure. What yeah. The yeah. Heck? Okay. You're yeah. Back. Twenty seconds. Yeah. Okay. Twenty seconds.
6: Do we have music? Got it. Do we? Do
1: yeah. we have any special uh, music?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listeners
1: or viewer guests or any uh, comments <laughs> that we need to share, MJ or.
0: Well, let's see. A lot of people talking about uh, Gizmo. There's a couple people ask questions that sometimes we just can't get them all in. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, why a, a PhD instead of simply ending with a, a BS?
4: That's a great question.
0: Good question.
1: Mm-hmm. There's We're a sure question it. for you. Aww. So, so here's here was, here was a quick Hi. question. Hi. Hi, sweet question Before girl. we get to Gizmo, Hi. why'd you decide to complete a PhD instead of just ending with a bachelor's?
6: Well, I, I, when I when I was uh, after my bachelor's, I just still felt like I had a lot more to go, and uh, also I was storm chasing a lot, and I still wanted to to learn a little bit more. And then I had an opportunity. Dr. Lamb, uh, my my late uh, advisor, um, he uh, had an opportunity to to work at for making uh, developing natural gas consumption indices and predicting those using sea surface temperature. Anomalies and uh, it was something that was so different cool. than, uh, than storm chasing that it was a perfect balance, right? You know, I really need I think those months out of the year where you're not storm chasing yeah. where you can write a little bit and kind of relax and let the ad- adrenaline receptors recharge and that's kind of an issue here the last three years is I pretty much have to storm chase every day like a 95 job 360 days a year pretty much. <laughs> So I'm going to be shutting that down pretty soon.
3: So it's not just for restaurants. A table for Dr. Timmer, Dr. Timmer.
6: <laughs> Applebee. That's
5: great.
1: There you go. Yeah. No, table for Dr. Timmer. So yeah, so how's Gizmo doing?
6: Oh, Gizmo. She's good. Yeah. Oh, so we just saw her here. And uh, yeah, she's doing good. She does, does like two miles a day in terms of walking. And uh, she's taking in major CBD tinctures, uh, immune so for, system enhancers.
1: So explain for people maybe that don't know, uh, what, what was she fighting or what was she dealing with?
6: Well, she was uh, initially, she broke her paw, and actually, I I did it by accident, but she was charging a German Shepherd, and I had to dive to prevent her from getting to the German Shepherd, and I rolled on her paw, but because of that, uh, the vet discovered two lumps in her mammary chain, and we had those taken out, and uh, the larger one was benign, but there was a tiny one that ended up being grade one carcinoma, which, thankfully, is the least aggressive, but it looks like the surgery may have cured it. But now we're doing ultrasounds and uh, some other treatment options. But it looks like she she's good to go uh, for a while. We should have another 10 storm seasons together maybe or so.
1: Aww. And what kind of I dog is Gizmo?
6: She's a Yorkshire Terrier. Okay. So she's a, a five-pound York, Yorkshire Terrier. So she's pretty <laughs> tiny. But she's probably seen 100 tornadoes, I would say. And oh Category 5 God. hurricane and debris plugs, flash floods, and all that. So... Wow. She's seen a lot of, a lot of weather. She's famous. Actually.
1: Hey, oh well, hey, God. that's the sound. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it is time for our lightning round. So, lightning round. This is our game show of flashy questions for our guests. Uh, we always invite you to play along with us at home uh, tonight. Reed, we're we're gonna bring out some good old uh, family feud, and we're gonna have the uh, topic be the most famous dog characters. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. So we figured, heck, we just got done talking about Gizmo. Yeah. So we're gonna play this family feud style. So Reed, you are your own family. Okay. Uh, and you're, <laughs> which is never fair, but what the heck? I can bring Isn't Gizmo how, on. Family <laughs> it's, it's two. two. You and Gizmo. Yeah. And then uh, she dropped
6: all the shots anyway. You're going up
1: against the freaks. So what I'll do is, uh, this is from these are the top ten greatest dog characters of all time. According to Ranker.com, and I'll give you a hint: all ten of these are animated dogs. They're not real dogs. They're animated dogs. And so wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. Whoever gets the highest uh, on your first answer, whoever gets the highest, can then choose to keep it and and try and get the rest of them uh, to finish and win. Uh, or you can pass it and try and hope that the other group gets it. Uh, but if they if they get three strikes. Remember how Family Feud works? You get 3 uh-huh. strikes, then the other group or the other person has a chance to steal it with one correct answer. Uh, you with me on that? Any questions on how Family Feud works?
4: Yeah.
3: Okay, well So when you say not real dogs, you mean like cartoon for sure, not like a name of a These dog. These are cartoon <laughs> animated okay, okay, cartoon okay, gotcha. dogs. got gotcha.
1: oh, you. Yep. Sick of all the yeller. Great dog Aww. characters, great dog characters of all time. So think TV, movie, mm-hmm. stuff gotcha. like that. But okay. they're all animated. All right. The top 10 were. There were some real ones later on. I heard you say Rin Tin Tin. Um, uh, <laughs> that was a real one later on. But so here we go. So Reed, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to let you uh, be the first to pick. Uh, top 10 answers on the board. Uh, what do you think?
6: I'm going to go with Snoopy.
1: You go with Snoopy. Oh,
6: yeah. Snoopy
1: is number one. Yeah. Snoopy is number it. one. So wow, I'm not done. even going to ask the freaks. Yeah. Uh, you have a chance, Reed. You can take it and try and get the rest of the nine before you get three strikes, or you can pass it. Hope they don't get them all, and you can try and steal with a correct answer left over. What do go you think? Go for
6: the rest of the nine. Yeah, I was. I had another yeah. Yeah. one in my head, but I just forgot it.
1: Goofy. So are you going to keep it or are you going to pass?
6: <laughs> uh,
1: what did you say? It's
6: I'm going to go with... Uh...
1: You're, oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're going to keep it. So you're going to try and no, answer I'm gonna, all...
6: I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to, trying to remember that. <laughs> I'm going okay, to pass. Okay, so, so
1: he's going to pass.
6: So, Freaks, it's up
1: to you to get the rest of the nine. And if you don't get the rest of the nine before three strikes, Reed still will have a chance to try and win it with one correct answer. Mm. So uh, I'm going to start, Maz, with you. Uh, the rest of the nine are on the board. Top ten. Screw dog characters. Do. Scooby-Doo, uh, and that was That nine. is number two. Scooby-Doo <laughs> is number two. So good job. All right, Kim. How about Astro? Astro. Oh wow. From what? what show was that Dead from?
5: Jetsons. No. That is <laughs> oh.
1: Astro is not top uh, ten. I'm sure Astro's up
5: there.
4: Devastating. But
1: he's not know. top ten. All right, wow. Jen. I'm looking it up it's my hurt. mind there. Jen, next for you. <laughs> oh, Goofy. Goofy. Mm-hmm. Goofy is number six. Nice. Very Ow. good. Goofy is number six. So you got one strike. MJ, it's up to you.
0: Ugh, scrappy-doo?
1: Scrappy-doo? <laughs> scrappy-doo. It's a good try. There <laughs> is such really. a thing. There, <laughs> there is such a thing, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, okay, you got two strikes. Maz, we're back to you, buddy.
3: Uh, we have to go old school. Underdog.
1: Underdog. Oh, very, very good. But no, <laughs> underdog <laughs> is not on there.
3: Bunch of millennials doing this. So,
1: thing? so here we go. Oh, so, um, it's
0: ranker.com.
1: No, it doesn't matter. Now, well, it's going back to read. I read number one, number two, and number six are off the board. You still have seven options. You just have to guess one that's left and you win.
6: Uh, one more. Dang, I can't pass again. No, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you okay. cannot. Sorry. Uh, i know
6: so many that aren't cartoons there's old yeller toto obviously i mean i can't believe toto's not on this it's list. a good group too yeah. i'm sure <laughs> is toto
1: is there, i'll be honest with you there was another list i was looking at earlier that and they were they were more real, real dog dogs. characters in the uh, movies and tv but was it Old Yeller, was old yeller it the other
6: was she taking one that was taken out by the wild boars or is that a different one
1: yeah. No,
3: no Old Yeller old had, rabies. He had rabies.
6: Old Yeller yeah. was the Reds. That was from the Boers. Wasn't well, that was Cujo.
3: Cujo was. The no. Did, he,
6: did Old Yeller <laughs> get rabies from,
3: from the yeah, Boers? Yeah, that might
0: have been,
1: yeah.
6: I was it know. Old Yeller? I was wondering if that's a different movie. I'm. All All right. On. Well, it's, it's
1: nice day. trying to change the subject, but you still got to <laughs> come up with an answer. have
5: <laughs> <laughs> no idea either. <laughs> yeah, he's good at stalling. Yeah. You're doing great, Reed. Yeah,
6: Garfield's a cat, right? Correct. All right. Man, I can't think of any. All right, that's, oh, coyote. that's nothing. What? Wiley Coyote.
1: No, it's, that's... I don't know. All right, so Not anyway, uh, great, great, great job. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Wait, are no. we going to hear him? So, yeah. we will. We oh, okay. will. So, it, okay. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm going to Between all five of you, you got three. <laughs> that's hard. Three, it's yeah. really it's hard.
5: hard all right, so off.
1: here, here is number uh, oh, number 10. More. Number 10, Kim, you wow. got it. Clifford. That was Clifford. Yeah. Uh, number nine was Lady from Lady and the Tramp. I was gonna oh. say
4: Lady and the Tramp.
1: Uh, number eight is another Disney dog. Uh, you remember Copper? Nope. From no. Fox and the Hound. No, Copper. Scrappy
0: <laughs> Doo is more oh. popular. Than yeah. Copper. Yeah.
1: All right. Number seven's more more newer. Uh, in fact, manure just seen <laughs> manure <laughs> uh, was just one. seen in episode four of Toy Story. <clears throat> Dog, think dog. Ooh. Toy Story dog,
0: the wiener dog, or, oh. about or
6: the Slinky dog. There was a wiener
0: dog on
4: that
6: list. I like the Slinky dog. All right,
4: dog.
1: number number five was Doug, from Up, the movie Up. Okay. Oh, remember wow. Doug that had <laughs> the person
5: speaker would yes. talk like a person.
1: <clears throat> All right, last two. Number four is the Tramp, from Lady and the Tramp. <clears throat> and Lady then the number the three. three. How did you guys think of another dog other than Goofy? In the Mickey Mouse universe. Yeah, Pluto?
0: Christine Pluto. online got it. Pluto. Pluto.
1: Was Pluto. Pluto. Good Pluto job,
6: was Christine. Three. What about Snuffleupagus? Wasn't? A, oh, it's, never mind. He wasn't. A, that was an <laughs> <laughs> Good elephant. Oh yeah. Read um, how? How can how much, our listeners coming
1: back to me here? Read, how can our listeners <laughs> find you? Follow you?
6: Oh, they can follow me on Twitter or Facebook at readtimmeraccu. Accu.
1: Okay, huh. that, that's pretty easy. Uh, Is we'll, Pluto yeah.
3: still a dog? Because they changed it from a planet, so could they
6: have <laughs> changed it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's
1: right, like a semi-dog. So we're we're going to go ahead on that. No, we're going we're to take our final <laughs> break. Uh, we're going to be right back with our hashtag weather fools. We'll there see you are. right back.
7: Hey, everybody. This is Greg Johnson
1: of the Tornado Hunters on Netflix. And you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks
2: podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive
1: under Hey, wanted everybody to know uh, there are a couple chaser conventions that are coming up we wanted you guys to be aware of. The first one is the Mid-Atlantic Chaser Con. Uh, this is happening Saturday, October 26th, 2019. It's at the Science Museum of Virginia in Richmond. Uh, they've got speakers from, listen to this, National Weather Service, Uh, TV, and the private sector, including John Scala, Howard Bernstein, and Brad Panovich, uh, just to name a few of them. They've got a Friday night social mixer, and pizza is going to be at the Hampton Inn for chasers to be able to share their chase videos and photos, uh, which will be a good time. But what you need to know is that early bird tickets are available until August 15th. So that's coming up. Uh, They're 20 bucks. But after August 15th, the prices go up to $30 until sold out. And they expect capacity, so they don't expect to be able to have any walk-up tickets uh, planned at this time. So now would be the time to act, uh, to go ahead and get those tickets and find out more. Uh, Just go to MidAtlanticChaserCon.com, and you can get all the details there. The second one that's coming up to be aware of is the 9th Annual Indiana Storm Chasers Convention. So if you're on the East Coast... A uh, great opportunity at the Mid-Atlantic Chaser Con if you're in the Midwest. Uh, great opportunity here in Indiana. This is Saturday, November 16th of 2019. It's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's at the Hendricks County Conference Complex. Uh, they've got speakers including chasers, National Weather Service staff, professors, and emergency managers, including Carrie Meltzer of SVL Media. Uh, they also are going to have a Friday night icebreaker at the Spring Hill Suites in Plainfield. That's beginning at 6 p.m. Uh, but what you need to know here is early bird registration opens Sunday, August 11th, uh, which is actually when we're recording. That's coming up this weekend. And that'll go early bird registration through the end of the month uh, of August. That's 20 bucks, uh, And if you're a student, tickets are $15 as well. Uh, if you want to go ahead and get those tickets and register or find out more, Go to indchasercon for Indiana Chaser Con. That's indchasercon.com. And if you have a weather event that you would like us to share on the podcast, uh, feel free to email me at phil at stormfrontfreaks.com uh, for some promotional opportunities there. Uh, all right, Maz, uh, let's go ahead and take it away. All right, thanks a lot, Phil. Hey, time now for hashtag weather pools. This is the part
3: of the show where people do that's really dumb stuff in the weather. Like, what were they thinking? So we almost feel like they should have their own sign that says, just, that was dumb. Why did I do that? <laughs> so to kick us off for tonight, someone who's never dumb, never does anything sad during the weather. And let me know, ladies first here. Go
5: ahead, Kim. What do you got? Oh, oh, me. me. Okay. I was <laughs> like, you can't be talking about me. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to share this video. Um, this actually I saw on Twitter of somebody in New Jersey just driving on a road and in front of them, debris is flying everywhere. And actually it was a tornado that was in front of them. And I, I want to get in the benefit of the doubt. They weren't really sure what they were seeing, but They just keep driving right towards it. And eventually they stop because traffic ahead of them has stopped. But I just thought, you know, I know they had to have seen this maybe a little while back. And they must have gotten their phone out and started videotaping this. And maybe this may be the driver that is videotaping this. It looks like it could be. So just very dangerous. Um, I just can't believe that they hadn't pulled over at this point. But, yeah, just not too smart.
1: And where where was that from? What was the Twitter? Account this, was,
5: this was this um, was Nash from Nashville, um, and it was coming out of Springfield, Nash, New Jersey. Nashville. Yeah, this is a day ago. Um, the, what two, was the
1: Twitter account? Um, What's the, Nash like, from Nashville?
5: What? Oh, at Nash WX.
1: There you go. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, we'll we'll have that in the show. In
5: the
3: yeah. Show. Aside from texting and driving, video and driving <laughs> is like yes, that or and right word, into so. the
5: debris flying everywhere. Right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> That was a good one.
3: Thanks, Kim.
5: All right,
0: MJ, you've got a few I hear, right? I do. <laughs> and I do, yes. Uh, and in fact, I get the ones that come to us from our listeners and our viewers. Good. So it's kind of fun to share those. And I'm going to give that a shot. And um, <laughs> this one was one that comes from Turbulent Underscore Skies. And uh, says, uh, not sure if it's technically a weather fool, but it's... Darned funny. I'll, I'll change the language just a little bit. And um, it, it is not safe for work kind of language. So I'm not actually going to play it. But she, she says a few choice words. But one of her, the favorite statements she has is talking about a tornado. <laughs> uh, as it comes through so we will post that video because that, it is that's
1: definitely it's an audio and if uh, we, played, definitely it, an audio if we played it you wouldn't hear it because mj would have to be i'd a, have to have the bleep
0: right. button on about every song. third uh, uh, about every third it word. is it is hilarious
1: and yeah. apparently
5: yep. she does this i mean this is not her yes, first one because she's like right. doing
0: a weather report is what she's calling right. it yeah, yeah.
2: So. okay sort so of.
0: um <laughs> so that that was one and then uh, this is another one that I, I'm going to try playing it, but it didn't play for me earlier. Uh, we'll see what happens or if it'll just sit there. But um, this is a... Oh, here we go. Uh, we get to see the advertisement, of Your course.
1: Your play in 12 seconds, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is a video of a, um, of a boat out of Madison, Wisconsin, from uh, Lake Monona. And it went on a little cruise. And if you remember the... Um, the uh, Gilligan's Island, uh, this will make a lot of sense to you um, <laughs> once we get to it, right?
4: I remember, actually. Jump
0: forward a little bit. There you go. They're in the middle of a bit of a storm. They got caught on the lake. Um, everybody was okay. Uh, but it's you got to see the whole video, and that's, again, one And it was will, uh... a three-hour tour,
1: correct? It, it
0: was. Yeah, actually, it was a three-hour <laughs> tour. That's crazy. Yes. That's
5: so, so crazy.
0: Um, they talk about that and then this one, uh, and that one was sent to us by, um, Kyle or at H E N D K Y W I. So that was sent to us by, by Kyle. And then um, LunaLight shared this one, which is like again, she says, not sure it's a weather fool, but oh. they are a little oh, bit close. Gross. They're a little oh. bit close. Really cool. Yeah. So,
1: so what is? It? Explain what we're seeing. For our so what
0: you're seeing, now. yeah. Sorry, what you're seeing is a bus driving by in a semi-flooded intersection, and you're seeing four kids or guys sitting a, a little too close to the cars for comfort, um, taking Shirtless. a
1: bath. And
4: yeah, the, about. something, yeah. I that dirty water. Ooh, and I, that I made gross. a comment.
1: I remember when she shared that with us. I mean, that's like dirty street water, and they're just yeah. like like it's a water park. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're like, hey, woo, we're getting splashed uh-huh. in this fl- flood. Not
0: only
3: that, but it's and deep disgusting. enough that they could hydroplane right into them.
0: I know that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. It's a little too close for comfort. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, Luna Light shared that. So mm. thank you for that. We
5: know where that was. Yeah. Thank you.
1: It was Uh, in Germany, Germany, I think she mentioned. I think it
0: was. was. I think that's what she said.
2: We will post those all. Yeah? Yeah.
3: I love it. Way to go, Fraulein. Okay. Hey, (laughs) Phil. You got three, don't you?
1: I do. I've got another three. Uh, I'm falling, falling on these things left and right. Okay. So the first one, this is from the Washington Post. They had an article how one group swindled $8 million designated for hurricane and wildfire victims. Uh, so the article talked about um, a number of people that stole the identity of hurricane victims, oh, and oh. then they used that to collect uh, relief money. And they used something called, and I'm not familiar with this, but it was called a uh, green dot prepaid card that uh. Uh, you can get to, to put money on or whatever. But anyway, they used, they they've swindled eight, a total of $8 million dollars to, quote, pay their own rents, buy cars, or make personal purchases. Mm. Um, and some it's of these horrible. cars they shipped overseas. Uh, I mean, they, they totally played the game. They got caught, didn't they? Uh, they did get caught. So, uh, so they're my, my weather fool there. The next one, this is from Luis on Twitter. It's at B-U-O-0-1. Uh, this was in Perth, Amboy, New Jersey, and it's a flooded street. It's actually New Brunswick Avenue, if you know where that happens to be. Uh, but it's flooded, and it's, it's not only a video, but some pictures of a couple young men sitting on top of their floating car uh, as there are some oh. firefighters coming to help Good rescue job. them. Uh, obviously, nice job. they went That's just a little too far. So, I just
4: don't understand the flooding every time.
1: Yeah, crazy. So weather fools there, and then and then the third one, uh, I think it's hilarious. So there there was recently uh Hurricane Bruce. It was Bruce, right?
4: No Hurricane? Uh, Barry?
1: Well, Barry, sorry. Yep, yeah. no, mm-hmm. it was Barry. So hurricane Barry, I knew it was a B. <laughs> that goes to show you how well I know the know the uh the hurricane alphabet. But anyway, so it was Hurricane Barry came through. Uh this was taken down at Jones Beach. And I'm not exactly sure where Jones Beach is, but you can tell uh it's a picture. A Lifeguard took this. The lifeguard was Ian Fitzpatrick. Mm. And this was on uh Christine in Sing Insinga? In Singa. I don't know, it's her tweet, but it's at C-I-N-S-I-N-G-A 12. But she says, yes, it's real photo taken by Jones Beach lifeguard Ian Fitzpatrick, and it appears to be a, a photo of three more lifeguards sitting on a picnic table with two red flags in the background, which means don't go swimming. But not too much further behind them is a massive lightning bolt.
0: Yeah, crazy. And they're just chilling That's out on the fun.
1: beach. <laughs> like, and, and this fear- is where when you see and hear about people dying from lightning strikes this and you and you read because it'll tell you how how did they die or what was what, what were they doing it was something like this they're this outside they're happens. on the beach they're whatever out in a, a thunderstorm a lightning storm
4: yeah that that's terrible like out of any like weather thing like a tornado hurricanes, lightning scares me the most just because it's so unpredictable like you just there's no way to predict it that's
3: well, terrifying. It's, not like, it's not like hey here comes a funnel we should probably go it's like hey you're dead
4: yes exactly <laughs> right. yeah like unless, it's instant.
1: unless you are read and you just like hang out under the circulation <laughs> then it could be <laughs> yeah. a boom tornado you're dead
4: yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god that's so crazy I
3: that out, I'm like how much time do you think you have you know and well, you're
4: right below it yeah it's so scary and even the strongest bolts of lightning Uh, come usually like not underneath, but from the side, you know, even where it's not raining. Right. Okay.
3: All right. wait. Those are our weather fools here for today. So in case you missed them, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com and in the show notes section, you can kind of check them all out. We'll have links to all of those, the ones especially that you have to listen to, because I'm sure MJ will have some sort of a PG 13 rating or something on that. Is that right? (laughs) We'll,
0: we'll we'll warn people. Yeah, we'll warn people. (laughs) All right. Like. Don't let your kids listen to it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh,
1: let's uh, let's see what else we've got in the inbox Send today. Me
5: your postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby.
1: Yeah. All right, MJ. Who's checking? All in?
0: right. We've got a full mailbox uh, fan box today. Luna Light. Uh, thank you. She's always got great things for us, and she's got some guest suggestions. So cool. we're gonna. I'm gonna pass those on to you, Phil, and we're gonna take a look at those because I think she's got some good ideas there. Like Jay Lau. So thank yes. you. Thank you. And, and uh, folks, if you have suggestions, please uh, please do that. Uh, pass those on as well. Uh, Martha Barkley checks in uh, and says, really enjoyed this. And she was referring to the Janice Dean episode.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, good.
0: Uh, a lot of fun. I love that. Appreciate that. That was a great, uh, great time. I only yeah. have six pages left now, just to let you know. There you go. Oh, <laughs> good yeah, job. Right. Good
4: job. Getting there. Getting uh,
0: Brandon, Brandon Adamson checks in, says, go check this out. Great podcast. Gives us a little Aww. thumbs up, so we appreciate that, Brandon. Thank you.
2: Oh, thanks. Nice. Thank you. And
0: our uh, one of our fans, Parker Owens, says uh, at uh, referring to the Janice Dean show again. Great show tonight, guys. Good to see Janice back. And weather trollbot five thousand. We need more <laughs> weather trollbot. Says Parker.
1: There you go, man. Janice
0: liked
3: it
4: too. Yeah, she you did. I get one of those. <laughs>
0: And that's what we've got. Check us yeah, out on was, social media and, and uh, questions at Stormfront Freaks if you want to send us something.
1: Yeah, she was, she was like, where'd you, where'd you buy that? I Did know. You, that's where'd right. Where'd
0: you get her?
4: <laughs> By <laughs> the way, I like the shirt you're wearing, Phil.
0: You
1: like that? Only you yeah. can prevent hashtag weather fools. You can that's get right. that at helicity.co. Mm-hmm. Make it
3: full that's screen awesome. so you can see the shirt. And, and, um, if,
1: and, if you, uh, and you can also, if you use oh, the yeah. code SFF, at checkout you can get a 10% discount on your entire Helicity.co weather order whether it's stormfront freaks merchandise or any of the other yep. amazing creative stuff that uh, they San come Francisco up with code
3: they should make a uh, little like turn around don't around little shirts for like gizmo and dogs yeah. like
5: <laughs> dog
3: gear we'll, we'll
1: recommend dog wear, that yeah so, all right, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Thanks for listening and uh, watching. Before I reveal who our next guest is going to be, uh, do us a favor and and let us know. And seriously, let us know what you think about the show. Again, as MJ said, send us an email, questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, and, and let us know what you'd like, what you want to hear more of. Maybe something you don't like. It's okay. we got tough skin. We want to make a show that you guys are going to enjoy. Um, So certainly let us know. But don't forget to subscribe to the show. So whatever podcast app you happen to be listening to us on, there's always a subscribe button somewhere. Go ahead and push that subscribe button. And what that does, it just guarantees you the minute we release the next episode, you're going to get it smack dab right in your podcast inbox. Uh, That's free and you'll get it before everyone else does. So I do want to have a special thanks and shout-out to our guest tonight, Reed Timmer. Yeah, we had a great time having him back, as always. Um, but our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on August 22nd with another former guest but also a new author, James Spann of the ABC affiliate in Birmingham, Woo! Alabama. Nice. So if you'd uh, if you'd like to watch that recording live, uh, it's going to be at nine p.m. Eastern, eight Central. Check out our YouTube channel uh, by searching Stormfront Freaks uh, there on YouTube. Mm -hmm. All right, so for MJ, Maz, Jen, and for Kim, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we're going to catch you guys next time. Good night,
5: night everybody.
2: everybody. Thank you, Doctor Reed.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app, and watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.